And now it's time for us to discuss more of those headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us on Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. How are you doing? I'm doing fine as always. <laughs> Did you hear about what happened at the Oscars? Did I hear? <laughs> I <laughs> saw every bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot oh, to process, sure isn't it? Yeah, I mean... Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was an interesting mm. episode, wasn't mm. it? And a lot of reactions coming out. I thought I thought it was staged at first. I think most of saw... us who were watching the live event thought it was staged. Yeah, because I kind of got a glimpse of Will Smith using his left hand uh, on his chest, usually a move to make a sound effect when slapping in Hollywood. Right. But uh, looking at it repeatedly after that, <laughs> I kind of thought, hmm. Actually, this looks a bit real. <laughs> right. There's a full-blown investigation by the Academy as we speak. We'll get to the details of that. And there were triumphant moments at the Oscars, which is yeah. such such a pity because it's kind of being outshined by this one incident. But we'll talk about it more on social media in a minute. I just had to ask yeah. you and get your two cents, too. Yeah, it's always right. best to get the positives out of these kind of... Uh ugly situations though isn't it i mean there's the oscars so there are a lot of yeah. events to celebrate rather than to kind of be startled about i guess like will smith also winning best actor i mean how is that outshined by that yeah. incident all right, all right. Let's jump into keyword news, shall we? Um, as always, we're going to try to elaborate on some of the aforementioned headlines. Here is our first pick of the day. Moon Yoon meeting. So that much delayed meeting between the outgoing and incoming presidents has taken place close to three weeks since the presidential election. Of course, they switched to dinner plans, which meant that they'd have more flexibility with time. And it seemed that they did. So what did they discuss? Yeah, so moving over to this dinner time, it kind of changed the atmosphere a little bit as well to more of a kind of a, a less formal kind of occasion. And yes, they did have more time. Now that uh, meeting began at 6 p.m. yesterday at Changwade. They spent nearly three hours together, and that actually marks the longest meeting between outgoing and incoming presidents in Korea's history. It's a bit ironic because it took a long time for them to meet, but once they did meet, they actually spent a lot of time together. Mm. Um, and Yoon's uh, side claimed that the atmosphere was, quote, harmonious, in their words. President Moon said he will cooperate, interestingly, with Yoon's plan to relocate the presidential office. Uh, Yoon's chief of staff, Chang Jae-won, told reporters that Moon said the decision, uh, the relocation plan is fully up to the incoming government. Um, and he added that Moon also promised to thoroughly look into the budget related to the plan. Um, his remarks comes days after there have been clashes over Yoon's bid to move the presidential office to that defense ministry compound in Yongsan. And Moon had been uh, dismissing Yoon's proposal to mm. finance the move. Uh, Moon isn't opposed to the idea of the relocation, but just the, the cost and the security vacuum concerns mm. surrounding it. Um, uh, meanwhile, Yoon thanked Moon and said that it is important to inherit successful policies from the uh, current government and improve ones that aren't so good. I don't know which successful policies Yoon was uh, referring to because he hasn't mentioned any so far. Um, Chang noted that the two sides respected each other and showed the intention to enable a smooth transition. Um, there have been some concerns over discord between the pair, leading to some concerns that maybe not much will get done before Yoon uh, takes office, but it seems like they're working to resolve that, although no real details have really come out of mm. that meeting mm. um, just yet anyway. 
the two sides also discussed security matters and agreed to work together on them in the transition process. And they were also said to have agreed on holding uh, working level meetings over setting up a supplementary budget to compensate those who have suffered financial losses due to COVID-19 restrictions. North Korea's missile threats, of course, were also the subject of the talks. Now, despite initial anticipations, Chang Se-tang rather, said Yoon and Moon did not speak about granting a special pardon for former President Im Myung-bak. That was something that maybe mm-hmm. was thought to be on the agenda when the two sides met. Now, the two actually didn't also hold separate one-on-one talks, which was also something that was expected. Um, and the top office didn't give a separate briefing, interestingly, because that's usually an indication of successful talk. So everything that I've just mentioned now is basically from Tang Jae-won, the spokesperson, uh, the chief of staff of Yoon song yo So it's mm. it's interesting to see if Chang Wadez come out, uh, does come out with a statement of its own of the meeting. Mm. We'll have to see. All right. And on to our COVID-19 coverage of the day. This is our second key word. Stealth Omicron concerns. So Stealth Omicron is now the dominant strain in South Korea, leading to concerns that a drop in cases recently will only be temporary. It was kind of short-lived. What's the latest? Right. Well, the country experienced its first dip in weekly infections in nearly three months, and daily cases have also been uh, dropping. Uh, But at the same time, that BA.2 type variant became the dominant strain with over 56% of new infections last week being stealth Omicron. KDCA chief Tong Eun-kyung noted that although the weekly infection count has dipped, it is too early to tell if Korea has entered a falling off in COVID-19 infections because of the rise in BA.2. She said stealth Omicron spreads much faster and has recently led to a rebound in cases in countries that were thought to have experienced a peak in cases and entered a downward trend, namely Europe for one. Now, the country reported just over 187,000 cases yesterday. Uh, Some health officials saw the recent drop as possibly the beginning of a downward trend in infections, but that looks to be short-lived, unfortunately. The figure as of 9 p.m. was nearly 334,000. That's a jump of over 150,000 infections in just the space of 24 Mm. hours. Mm. Um, And of course, as official tallies are counted till midnight, the daily figure that will be announced today is expected to be much higher. Uh, Tung also noted that given the heightened infection rate in the elderly population, the number of patients in critical condition uh, is expected to remain high for the next few weeks. Uh, Last week, 450,000 people aged 60 and above were infected. That's accounting for about 18% of the total infections in that week. Mm. Um, And she said we'll have to be ready for a spike in critical patients and deaths for the next week or two. Uh, And also, Chung uh, warned that more variants like Mm. BA.2 could emerge as well. So the stealth Omicron won't be the end of it. All right, on to our third uh, keyword of the day. Electricity rates. So the setting of electricity rates for the second quarter is scheduled to be announced this morning online. In fact, uh, higher oil prices seems to have cornered Kepco to foot the bigger bill. What should we know at this point in time? Right. Well, uh, Kepco had postponed, actually, its announcement that was initially supposed to be released last Monday. uh, And it will be the last decision on electricity pricing by the Moon government as Yoon Sung-gil takes office in May. 
Now, a new rate setting system was established last year as well, at which mm. prices are adjusted quarterly rather than continuously. Um, on Sunday, KEPCO noted that it submitted its proposal for the second quarter to the Energy Ministry on March 16th. It said the proposal reflects the fuel cost changes between December 2021 and February 2022. Um, in December, KEPCO was ordered by the Ministry, in fact, to hold electricity rates mm. at current levels for the first uh, three months of the year. Uh, the company had been looking to raise rates by 3.1 per kilowatt hour. Um, it had increased prices by that amount in the fourth quarter of last year. Mm. Um, KEPCO has been under severe pressure to raise electricity rates as oil and natural gas prices have been rising, mm. even more so recently with uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Um, and these higher oil prices have eaten into KEPCO's profits, mainly due to the higher costs. Now, the current government has been against raising rates, and the new government is also likely to follow, in fact. Some watchers say the postponement of the announcement was to conform to Yoon's campaign pledge to freeze the power bills of consumers. Uh, the recent ongoing sharp increase of consumer prices could also deter the new administration on raising bills, because it's early into that new administration, and of course, uh, we citizens don't really want to pay more for anything, really, do we? <laughs> this is true. This is why tax hikes or price hikes are such sensitive issues, politically speaking. Yes. All right, on to our fourth keyword of the day. Let's focus on the North Korean provocation. Attack capability. So the North Korean leader says his country will develop more, quote, powerful strike means. That's just days after the launch of an ICBM, uh, sort of canceling out their self-imposed moratorium. This is likely to only escalate tensions even further on the peninsula. That's right. So these comments came during a, a, a photo session with scientists and others involved in what Pyongyang claims to be the Hwasong-17 test. And uh, Kim expressed a resolve to build up the country's attack capability. He added that a country can only guarantee security when equipped with what he called formidable striking capabilities and military power that cannot be stopped by anyone. So very strong comments there. And he also expressed his conviction and expectation that his country will more vigorously perfect the nuclear war deterrence of the country. And he also thanked the North Korean people for the successful uh, launch as well. Kim's comments suggest North Korea might perform additional launches or even test uh, a nuclear device soon. The regime has been looking to modernize its arsenal and increase pressure on South Korea and the US while nuclear diplomacy remains stalled. Um, yesterday, Seoul actually reiterated a previous assessment that there are signs that the regime is restoring previously demolished tunnels at its mm. uh, underground nuclear testing site, something that's been reported on extensively recently. Um, Kim's resolve to boost bolster his military will likely uh, dampen hopes of any further breakthrough in inter-Korean or North Korea-US diplomacy. Um, Seoul and Washington want Pyongyang to return to talks without any conditions, saying they're still open to diplomacy. But the regime insists that the allies make concessions first, namely by dropping what it calls hostile policies, for mm. example, sanctions and whatnot. All right. And on to our last keyword of the day. Trilateral military meeting. So staying with North Korea-related issues, the top military officers of South Korea, the United States, and Japan will reportedly meet this week in Hawaii for talks. So what can we expect? 
Right. Well, the Joint Chiefs of Staff Chief, one in Charles, will reportedly meet his US and Japanese counterparts, Mark Milley and Koji Yamazaki, on Wednesday. The meeting will come on the heels, of course, of North Korea's uh, recent ICBM uh, test and a slew of other, other uh, weapons tests before that as well. Uh, the three sides actually last met in April 2021. That also happened in Hawaii, in fact. Um, they are all likely to discuss the North's latest provocations and strongly condemn them. Um, usually the rhetoric and reactions that come out with such provocations are usually the same every time uh, it happens. Uh, the three-way meeting also comes after the top nuclear envoys of the three nations agreed on the need for a firm response to Pyongyang's missile launch. That agreement came over the phone. Uh, more interactions between Seoul and Washington and possibly also Japan as well may come uh, amid rising tensions on the Korean Peninsula, especially after Kim Jong-un's um, comments as well and these projections of a nuclear test uh, as well. Uh, Foreign Minister Chung Yong also says there is a possibility of a summit between the incoming President Yoon Sung-yeol and US President Joe Biden. Uh, and it could happen in May. And he shared his views during a parliamentary foreign affairs committee meeting yesterday. He added that the foreign ministry is closely cooperating with Yoon's transition committee with regard to important diplomatic schedules and pending diplomatic issues as well. There is speculation that Biden could visit South Korea following his trip to Japan to attend this Quad Security Alliance mm. summit that involves the US, Japan, uh, India and Australia. Mm. Uh, that multilateral summit is expected to be held in late May. So we'll have to see if that leads to Biden visiting Seoul. All right. Thank you very much, Adam, for this morning's updates. We'll speak to you again tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.